Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Lord, we ask you to continue to bless us, uh, to bless the ministry of Adele Gio and uh, Theology of the Body. Uh, we ask for your intercession and your prayers and uh and all this we pray, amen. Amen, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. Today is part two of Theology of the Body with Adele Guio. We're going to do a deep dive today. Uh, introduced her to the, our audience last week. Got a beautiful heart. And uh, Adele, let's jump right into it and tell us a little bit about your foundation and, and how it all ties in. Okay, we're the newest ministry of the Desarmo Foundation. Most people are familiar with her, her foundation, Brenda Desarmo. And she and I met a while back, and I shared with her that I knew the theology of the body, you know, and I was passionate about it. And she literally grabbed me on the shoulders and said, you're the one I'm looking for. Yes, you are. Yeah. And she said, look, we've been, we've been praying and marching and passing bills in the legislature, and yeah, we save babies, but the number of crisis pregnancies never goes down coming into my, my, my mm-hmm. clinic, my, my, my center here. And uh, she said, and I'm absolutely convinced it's because we haven't addressed the root of the problem. And that's what the theology of the body is, does, and can do. And so she and I have collaborated, and Theology of the Body Community of Acadiana has become her most recent ministry. She has several, mm-hmm. and, and it's to, to address or to educate people on that root cause, and it's the truth. And as I had said in the last program, you know, people have been become, you know, off the track. We, we, we've lost our way. We need to get back on track. And so she and I have collaborated, and she's given us some space at her, at her lovely little place over there. And it's kind of like the rooftop that I have to That's shout right. from. That's right. <laughs> I was so happy. You know, I said, Brenda, yeah, this is great. And so we have a mission statement. Okay. And I'll share that. Shout it from the rooftop. And here we go. Okay. The theology of the body community of Acadiana exists to educate every man, woman, and child in the truth of their dignity as human persons made in the image of God to help them realize their true purpose and to experience authentic freedom and love and to bring about a culture of life. And so we have a variety of educational programs. We have resources. We can come out and speak to your group. We can speak to youth groups. We can speak to parent, interested parent groups. We can speak to uh, teachers, faculty, and, and help to get them on board to get an overview and to understand what the theology of the body is about and why it's so necessary for all of our children to receive this education. It is, and, and it's not just for the kids, I can assure you. No. Uh, the adults want to be a part of this, and I know a lot of our listeners want more information on that. And uh, what we need to do is really get this out in, into Acadiana, into the Cajun Catholic culture. It's something that's life-changing, and it's very simple, and it's the truth. It's the truth. And it's, it, like we mentioned in the last show, it's it's right here in front of us, and uh, and we need to just grab hold. Mm-hmm. And so I want to spend the rest of the time uh, of her describing what is Theology of the Body, and she has a beautiful uh, presentation for that, so I'll let you, I'm turn it over to you for that. Okay, thank you. 
Shall we pick up where we where we yeah, left yeah. off? Yeah, so we talked about Genesis, uh, I believe, one and two, mm-hmm. and uh, and 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 you were just getting into that's kind of where all of it started with a man and a woman, and God intended uh, uh, us to, to have a partner, and and that's, I think that's where we left off. Right. Okay. So you had asked me uh, about how would I uh, how would I point a teen or a young person who was adamantly defending their friends who maybe have same-sex attractions and so forth. Well, what do, what do we do about that? And I, I, I led that off with saying, you know, they are created in the image of God. They're God's children, and they're to be treated with utmost respect and kindness. But to allow a person to continue on without sharing with them the truth of who they really are made in the image and likeness of God. What that means uh, is not is not charity. We have to we have to, you know, love. Love is the greatest and and to love this person who who happens to be in in a, has crossed our path. God has put them there whether they're family members or or you know, friends or whatever. We we have to share with them the truth. And because the lies are everywhere. They're everywhere. So I was saying that how I would address that would yeah, be... Yeah, and I, one thought, Adele, yeah. is, and you're, you're referring to the truth as it pertains to the Bible, gay and lesbian and, and whatever, it's been around, this is like 2000. A lot of people think this is like now, this just happened yesterday. This is a problem that was 2,000 years old, 5,000 years old, right? And so they addressed it then. It's not like the world has changed that much, right? Right, right, right. So I think a lot of kids today, and and even as adults, we don't realize that, that this problem has existed for a very long time, and the good Lord has given us a blueprint to yeah, an yeah. yeah, and and that all goes back to Genesis chapter two yeah. and chapter three. Okay, so so here we are. So I would tell the little person uh, that I'm trying to help to to understand. You know, we're made in the image and likeness of God, male and female. He said to be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. By the way, fill the earth. Overpopulation is not really a, a problem. Uh, God is in control of of all this. He knows what He's doing. So then we would go into the actual creation of the man and that he was placed in the garden but he it was the man first the man was first and because he's made in the image and likeness of god and because the because god is a community of persons the trinity father son and holy spirit and because we know from scripture that god is love a loving community of persons let that sink in a loving community of persons, kind of like a family. The body of Christ. A loving community of persons. Okay, so so if we're made in the image of God and we are to reflect him, male and female, forming a family in the image and likeness of God to reflect the Trinity is sort of our mission that's that's what we're here for and that manifests itself in a a number of different ways so let's go back to the garden so adam is created first and god looks on him it's around genesis 2 18 somewhere around there and he says it is not good for the man to be alone it is not good for the man to be alone why not because he can't form a communion of persons there's no other person with him there's alligators there's giraffes you hippopotamus but there's no other person 
So God says, no, it's not good for him to be alone. So what does God do? God remedies that by putting him to sleep. We know he takes the rib. So from the same substance, that clay with the, with the spirit in it, right? Okay. And he takes the rib and he forms it into the woman. And then the next beautiful line there is that he brought her to the man. And that evokes for me the picture of a father walking down the aisle with his daughter on his arm at the wedding. I've done that once or twice. A couple of times. <laughs> Going to do it again soon. Yeah. And you, you walk down the aisle and then you hand this precious daughter, God the Father is pre- handing his precious daughter to the man. And she is being entrusted to him as a gift, as, as, as a partner. That's the partner that God created in his divine providence, in his wisdom for the man. He created a woman, okay? And so that's how I would approach that question with the teen, right? We're still trying to resolve the question. It's God's design, God's plan. So, so teen person, uh, son, daughter of mine, whoever, what do you think God is saying about this? How, how does this impact what, what, what you see around you and what you're hearing and, and what your thoughts are? Okay, and so we would have a discussion. Uh, I would try to initiate a discussion, but based on that. So this is what God is saying. This is what the Bible says. This is what we know. So here's a question, Adele. Uh, would they say that marriage is for procreation only or as, as foremost, or, 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 or how would you answer that? Okay, so we're continuing on Genesis 2. So he brings the girl, the, the woman, Eve, and hands it to the man, uh, hands her over or entrusts her to him as a gift, and Adam says, at last, you know, you know it's not an alligator, it's not a, a crocodile, it's whatever. Okay. A suitable partner. A suitable partner. Okay, so, and he, can, he knows, he knows because he's in the image of God, that he is to love her. Okay? And so the next line says, for this reason, a man leaves his father and mother, clings to his wife, his wife and the two become one flesh. What reason to image God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and be fruitful? Remember, Genesis chapter 1 says, be fruitful and multiply. So although procreation is critical and foundational to the marriage relationship, the union of the man and woman is first because they're forming a communion, a loving family, right? Okay, that God blesses some couples, most couples with, with children, mm-hmm. not all do, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, but if it's, if it's God's design, he has a plan for that. I want to say that I had a guest on Jackie Combs and did an incredible job of speaking about sanctifying grace and how when a couple uh, consummates that, 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 that it's almost a sacrament. It's a sacrament, and uh, if they're both in, in sanctifying grace, so mm-hmm. just picking up on this is the meat and potatoes of theology of the body. I think right, right, right. Oh, yeah. Yes, it is because Saint John Paul tells us that we need an adequate anthropology to understand where we came from, who we originally were. That's the point. 
See, we've been derailed, and I'm about to get into that. Okay. All right. All right. So the man and the woman come together, according to Genesis, for this reason, right, and become one flesh. And the next line is the key line, which I never noticed until I studied theology of the body. The next line, and it's the final line of Genesis 2, before the fall of man, right? Okay. So the final line is, and they were both naked and felt no shame. Well, I just thought that it wasn't a Walmart, you know, they couldn't buy any clothes, so, you know, they're walking around naked. Okay, no, that's not what the reference is. And St. John Paul, brilliant man, uh, inspired, you know, no doubt, delves into this and says that the meaning of that is their nakedness was their innocence. And that as they came together in love according to what God had planned, they were in harmony. Sanctifying grace. Yeah, harmony. There it is. Holy. They were, body and soul was doing what it was supposed to do. They were in harmony, man and woman, seeing each other as gifts from God to be given uh, one to the other in an appreciation of God and to love as God loves. And they were in, they were in harmony with creation, with God, with each other, with their body and soul. Everything was was hitting on all cylinders, so to speak, you know. Mm-hmm. Everything was the way God wanted it. It was holiness as they came together in that union, okay? And that's what God intended. And soon after that lovely, lovely encounter of agape and eros combined perfectly as God intended, the snake comes in. And so now we're in Genesis chapter 3, which is also part and parcel of our anthropology, who we are. Okay, so the snake tempts Eve with the fruit. By the way, the fruit was growing on the tree, the one and only tree that God had forbidden them to touch. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They were free to eat of any other tree, the whole garden. I mean, they had strawberries, they had satsumas, atawazu, you know, they had everything. Okay, so they get all this fruit, and they can walk around, pick, it's free. They don't have to cash out, they don't have to pay, scan anything, you know, it's all there. They can have, they can eat to their heart's content. There's the one that's there not to touch. So that, I've read somewhere that that was where the freedom, that's where we see the freedom given us. We have choices. We have choices to make, okay? And so what, what mankind, Adam and Eve, did, they disobeyed. They chose. They made a choice. Chose poorly. Chose poorly. They used their freedom. God didn't interrupt it. Let them go. And so they choose, the, they choose to touch what they were forbidden to touch. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is God's prerogative the knowledge of good and bad. And the, the evil one tempts Eve with the, the offer to be like God and to know what's good and bad. That's not her business. <laughs> That's God's prerogative to declare what is good and what is bad. I want to remind our listeners, you're listening to Cajun Catholics, and today's guest is Adele Guillo, and we're talking a, a deep dive into the theology of the body, and I don't want to interrupt her, but I'll let you continue. Go ahead. There you go. Yeah. Okay, so, so, so Eve has taken upon herself uh, God's prerogative, and we do that all the time now. So now that we're fallen, okay, um, 
we like to decide what's good and bad. You know, it's there. We're the Pope of our own church. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so here's Adam and Eve. So they take the fruit, they eat it, and what happens immediately after indicates um, that they've lost the holiness, right? The harmony, that beauty, that that whole uh, agape eros thing. Okay, and so we know that this is what happens by Adam's first line. As soon, the first words out of Adam's mouth. God's coming looking for him. Okay, hey Adam, where are you? Uh, I was naked and afraid, and I hid myself. And just a few lines prior, they were naked without shame. That's how that show came about? That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Not my favorite show, you know, but... uh, But it seems to be on a lot. Yeah, I I, I know. (laughs) Okay, uh, so anyway, yes, I know exactly what you're saying, Um, unfortunately. uh, So anyway, so, so they were naked and ashamed now, which means that that harmony doing what God intended them to do, that beauty of their intimate relationship was now corrupted. And lust entered the world. Okay? And so what has happened since then? Lust has infiltrated our relationships, our, our, you know, our being. This is our fallen nature. So back to that whole, that line that I had said earlier, when we normalize our fallen behavior, we can never become who God intended us to be. So, so whatever's going on out there, recreational sex or, you know, whatever there is out there, the trivialization of sex which was intended by God to be precious, holy, sacred, between a man and his wife, has been so corrupted by, by evil design, okay? Uh, and so many people have fallen for this. And um, we got to get back on track. We got to get back on track. Now, now, the Lord offers immediately after he gives the consequences, okay, you're going to be banned, you know, you can't stay in the, in the garden. Um, I will put enmity, he gives us hope, between you and the woman. Okay, he's talking to the snake, okay? Uh, between your seed and her seed, and he will crush your head, right? And so, so we know, we have hope. He doesn't leave us without hope. He's a good father. You know, you, you, we, can, we can straighten this out. You know, yeah, yeah, you goofed up really bad. This is really bad. But, um, but I got a plan. And that, he had that a plan. involves the Blessed Mother yeah, for sure. That's her. So I have a question or two, not to interrupt. But um, so lust is a sin that that men deal with often. That's some certainly women too. I, yeah, women yeah. too. And so, the, so you already stole one of my. Oh, questions. okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. Is it exclusive to men? Yeah, Obviously yeah, not. No. No. Uh, and and secondly, though, and we've had this discussion in our program. Is there such a thing as good lust? Like if you lust after your your wife, is that is that is there is there such a thing? Um, to answer your question. Using the word lust, that's that's the no-no that's right the there. The bad term. Yeah, yeah, no, you can't. You can desire to love your wife uh, in, in a way that God intends you, but to think that she's an object yeah. or to treat her as an object, no, no, that's not okay. That's mm-hmm. not okay. So, so we got to get our terms straight, and 
and we have to get our heart straight so mm -hmm. that so that 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 uh, encounter is one of purity of a, a sense of gift uh, of of total you know we're trying to blend that agape with eros uh, we're body and soul. We're composites. Reason for the question. I'm 56, and you know, a lot of my friends they talk about how it's such a blessing that they still desire their wives at, at this age. You know, at our age, and 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 that it's a beautiful thing. And um, I guess you know, we, lust isn't the right term, but uh, but but God gives us that desire for our spouses. In an older it's to age. form that yeah. community. Yeah, yeah. For this reason, a man leaves his father and mother and clings to his wife, and the yeah. two become one flesh. Yeah. See, because it's a, it's an image of God. And so, yeah, yeah, you, good, good, you know? Good, right, and, and, and I think, too, and we say this, we're so blessed. People don't talk about it, but as you get older, too, you know, you, I think you appreciate your wife or spouse so much more. And, and if you've got God in the middle of your relationship, uh, and I'm speaking, you know, in your marriage, sexually, the whole nine yards, it's so much more special. And, it, and it's, 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 it's a gift that, that bears fruit later in life as well. Absolutely. Yep. And, and see, it's that bond that we create. God, you know, God, God's got such a plan. And certainly, you know, this, this idea of coming together, um, bearing much fruit, we do. Uh, and sometimes the fruit is children. Yeah. Okay. And sometimes it's a growth in virtue um, and, and sharing of our burdens and, and just whatnot. God, God created sexual desire and sexual pleasure for a purpose. It's his. This whole thing, for this reason, the man leaves his father and mother and clings to his wife, Saint Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, it's a great mystery. It refers to Christ and the church somehow. Okay, and so now we got to go into the analogy of marriage uh, about being reflective of the Eucharist. Now, God is not sexual, okay? Heaven is not sexual. But God, because we have these created minds, we, we, we're, and he's finite, he's divine, we, we can't go there. He, Jesus spoke in parables because the people couldn't understand these mysteries that he was telling us, okay? And so he, he gives us the analogy of marriage, to understand better the Trinity. Okay, so that's the first kind of like giveaway on that one. But then this intimate union, God has always desired to be intimate, not in a sexual way, but he gives us that analogy so that we can relate somehow and understand. In the Old Testament, many, many passages, you know, about the bridegroom and the bride. Israel yes. was the bride, okay? He, you know, and then, you know, you had Hosea, and she was a prostitute, and she fell away, and she worshipped all the evil, you know, whatever, gods and all the kind of, you know, all that stuff. Okay, there, there's this, this image of marriage throughout the whole, and we end in the book of Revelation, the marriage feast of the Lamb. Yeah. Blessed are those who are invited to the supper of the Lamb, the Eucharist. I read Bridegroom of the Church. Is bridegroom. Yeah, bridegroom. Beautiful. Yes, yeah. beautiful. Uh, and I learned all that recently. It's been on my heart. Go yeah, ahead. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so that's it. So, so that God gives us this image. It's an analogy. It's an icon. But it is not our do-all and end-all. We're not going to get supremely 
infin infinitely satisfied in our marriages, okay? Because the whole point of it is to point us. It's a sign mm -hmm. of our destiny. Eternity lasts a very, 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 very long time, okay? So I've been told. I don't know too much about it. But anyway, um, that we're headed in that direction and that we will, in the beatific vision, be in intimate union with God forever. Okay, I'm going to put that in my words. Like okay, I read yeah. recently that Mary's full of grace, you know, that she has 100% grace. And, 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 and then as you're in your marriage, you're talking about we, we receive some actual grace, I guess, from, from our marriage, from, from our sacraments, that ultimately leads us to, to uh, sanctifying grace. And, uh, and I think for me, like through Christia, and that's something that we talk about a lot, you know, that, that sanctifying grace is after you've been to confession and your, your soul's clean, but it's a replication of when you die uh, for that eternity. It's, it's a life of, uh, of that. And, and, and it's, uh, you put, you spoke of the enmity that, uh, and, and through Mary, you know, and I'm, I'm very uh, devoted to the rosary myself. And I think that's how we, another reason how we stay in union. And I think a one flesh being the key word of theology of the body too, because the Eucharist, right? That's the, right, the right. flesh of Christ. Mm -hmm. So, right. I don't know. That's me listening. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but the thing how is... How am I doing, teacher? You're doing great. You're doing great. <laughs> okay. But, um, so, so to wrap up, so the Eucharist, see, go back to Ephesians chapter 5. St. Paul says, for this reason, a man leaves his father and mother and clings to his wife, and the two become one flesh. He repeats what's in Genesis, right? Okay. And then he adds on, it's a great mystery. And that's what is missing. We... We're treating sexual union and this male and female relationship like it's a commodity, like you pick it up at Walmart or Target or one of these places, you know, you just get it. No, no, this is a sacred analogy of Christ in the church, and we have messed it up. The theology of the body attempts and is focused on putting it back on track putting us back in the direction that God intended us. That's why it's so necessary. That's why it's the antidote to the culture of death. That's why it is a revolution to put us back on track so that we can end up in that eternal, loving, ecstatic embrace with God for all eternity. Adele, I heard you speak about also getting off on the right foot. It, why is it important to be married in the church as opposed to jumping on an airplane or, you know, uh, going on some staycation or vacation or marriage? You know, that's all, that's a, that's a big part of it, isn't it? That's, that's it. That, it's, it's about recognizing the covenant that we are creating with this other person by free choice. Have you come here freely? Yes. To give yourselves without reservation totally yeah and i think it's too to put god yeah you and i are unioning when we're married you know uh but but is god in that union you right? there's that triangle we're we're, de we're declaring this as vows an oath a vow in front of god and our families and, and all those people who are there in attendance yeah okay and we're calling on god uh, to acknowledge that we're making this, this solemn vow to each other to have and to hold from this day forward, better or worse, that whole, you know, till death is part. Okay? And so when we ask God to, to do that and bless us, He gives us the sacramental graces throughout our lives to continue and live this out in all the stages, good, bad, and ugly. 
Amen. Amen. So again, uh, it's Theology of the Body, Community of Acadiana. It's her endeavor. It's a part of the Desarmo Foundation. How can they get more information? Uh, we can go to www.desarmo, D-E-S-O-R-M-E-A-U-X, foundation.org, and we're all there. Adele, you've been such a blessing to Acadiana and to our show, and uh, it's just uh, an honor to have met you, and uh, I'll be praying for you. Thank you. Thank you for everything. You've been listening to Cajun Catholics. We always uh, challenge you to engage the Cajun Catholic in you. And until next time, God bless.